0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your new daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630 WLAP right here in Lexington. And
1: I'm Kyle Tucker. You read my work in the Courier-Journal, then at SEC Country, and soon at a new website to be named later. Uh, But right here on this podcast, if it's a big deal to Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it every day, Monday through Friday, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Curtis, we will talk a little bit more about ourselves and about this project uh, later in the show. But let's just jump right in and talk about uh, the kind of stuff we're going to talk about here every day. Uh, What is important to the Wildcats uh, faithful. Um, And football is a big part of that right now. It's just around the corner of the season, the 2018 season. Mark Stoops' sixth year. There's a lot um, to discuss there because there's still a quarterback battle brewing. And we will get to that as well, but I think the thing that is top of mind right now that has everybody uh, in Big Blue Nation excited is what they saw in the Bahamas with yeah. the men's basketball team. And you were there. Um, I had not. I have still not started my new job, so I did not make that trip devastatingly, uh, but you did. Um, I was watching from afar on the television set, um, which was limited with a power outage. But <laughs> yeah. you, you had a front row seat, Curtis, and... Um, I don't think anything that happened, really anything at all that happened in the Bahamas, um, diminished the hype and excitement for this team. If anything, I think it's cranked it up.
0: The only thing that attempted to diminish the hype for the next for this Kentucky season is John Calipari himself, who made very it,
1: very weak, meager attempt at at, at uh, tamping down the hype.
0: I'm not intoxicated by this. Was yeah. his quote? I think he was intoxicated the other night on. Twitter they're
1: taking all the selfies and.
0: <laughs> yeah, um we might uh get into some social media chatter at some point on this podcast, <laughs> but you know that was the thing in the Bahamas. I think it was interesting you know how he tried to slow down expectations, but if you talk to anybody who was down there, it was just so impressive. I don't even think he can slow down the hype train because they were just so good, and I know the competition isn't as great as they'll face in big time college basketball and Maybe some of the shine went off a little bit because Duke just was a highlight factory when they went to Canada with those two ridiculous freshmen and Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. But, I mean, Kentucky, I heard someone say this. Kentucky is a little bit different this year in the sense that from a broad basketball perspective, they don't have – Top of the line NBA lottery talent. Now there are a couple exceptions. Keldon Johnson is going to be a lottery pick, and Kentucky will probably end with a couple other lottery. PJ probably works. His, yeah, there, maybe works his way. In there. So there are some guys, but as a college team right. overall, this is kind of you can't poke a hole in it, right? And that hasn't happened since the thirty-eight and one team,
1: right? Very, very complete, and that was sort of what everyone thought they had, and then I think the, that trip um, legitimized that because you saw that they have shooting. Um, across the, the board, really. They shot uh, 38% as a team from three. Tyler Hero uh, made eight of 18. Uh, P.J. Washington hit three of seven. Uh, Keldon Johnson, four of nine. Uh, Quade Green, four of 12. Emmanuel Quickly, four of 10. So they had five guys shoot 40% or better from three over the course of that trip. They outscored their four opponents. They went 4-0. By an average of 29 points a game, they destroyed Mega B-Max. Is that how you say it? The one team that everyone thought yeah. was going to be a, a big challenge and has produced, well, I think the number was like nine NBA draft picks over the last five NBA drafts, and they just smashed them. Um, you know, Hero was, I think, a, a revelation, or, or at least he was what people hoped he was going to be, uh, and then some. He was a good shooter, but he was just, a, just an overall terrific scorer. Um went fifteen of fifteen from the free throw line as well. That's uh pretty significant. The team shot seventy, almost seventy-four percent from the free throw line for four games, which would put them way up there in the Calipari era. Yeah. And free throw shooting has not been a great strength. They're gonna have rebounding. I mean, you know, Reed Travis looked really uncomfortable offensively most of the trip, but he was a, a absolute rebound machine, averaged Averaged a double double 10 point eight points and 10 point three rebounds. Um, you know, led the team in total rebounds and offensive rebounds. Um, PJ his- Washington a much different guy. Nick Richards, a much different guy. Quate Green seemed to be embracing his role. Ashton Haggins was a lockdown defender and Keldon Johnson was uh, at times kind of showed off what a what an overall kind of devastating player he can be with his aggressiveness and athleticism. Uh, attacking the rim. He wants to rip the rim down every time defensively. Um, I, I was very impressed. And, and and you temper it with the idea that probably no one they played down there, including Mega B-Max, is going to be as good as the majority of the teams they'll play in the college season. But nonetheless, and Kyle Perry said it in his remarks to the team, they showed some of the video. Mm-hmm. This is pretty far along for, a, yeah, at this point in the season that they look like this much of a polished group at this point in the, in the summer.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that people are continually pointing out the coaching staff, Calipari, to a certain extent, you know, but we got a lot to a chances to talk to the assistants down there, which we rarely kind of get to, and that gives you a little bit of a different insight than Calipari, and something that they kind of mentioned a lot was how quickly these guys are picking stuff up. And how rarely that happens. You hear that all around the program is normally you have to teach something a couple times to these freshmen until they get it. And sometimes they don't get it till after Christmas break or maybe even February.
1: Often much, yeah, much deeper even than that.
0: Yeah. But it seems like it's one time and they get it. You know, they're executing things that Calipari's just writing up once or sharing with them once, and that's an impressive feat.
1: That and, and the early defensive buy-in. I mean, all these freshmen across the board were, uh, I mean, and I've talked a lot about it, tweeted a lot about it. Um, I haven't had a chance to write about it yet without yeah. my new writing home. but Ashton Hagen's defense was um, sort of spellbinding to watch how how he, the freshman point guard, who by the way would if he wanted, would still be in high school this coming season, reclassified, came early and was just just absolutely harassing and suffocating people uh, down there. there they were they were teams and players who avoided him altogether. Um, and he just, I mean, he was a problem, a, a real problem. He's super quick, um, strong, explosive, and just has that sort of attitude, that lockdown attitude. He's got really quick hands, quick feet, um, and is able to, you know, get in there and poke balls away. He had, let's see, what did he end up with? Um uh, I'm trying to find him here.
0: Steals wise. Yeah. It looked like he just,
1: he had, uh, well, he only had five steals, which I'm sort of surprised by. Uh, and I don't even know if that's accurate because there was one game I had him for four and I think the official stats only had him for two. Um, but he was very active, a lot of deflections, uh, and as much as anything, he just didn't give up anything easy. And then you had, you know, Keldon Johnson is that way. He played that way. Um, yeah, you know, Emmanuel quickly is a really good, uh, defender. Um, and the reason that I continue, I mean, I, I think the hype train is cranked up for, you know, Tyler hero or quite a green to start somewhere in that backcourt because of the offense. Mm -hmm. But I just – I continue to believe that Cal is going to want to blitz people defensively out of the gate because that's the kind of tone he wants to set. That's the kind of team he wants. Um, Yeah. And and so you've got opportunities there with Hagen's at point quickly off the ball uh, and Keldon Johnson at the three to just absolutely smother people on the perimeter. And then, you know, you saw Nick Richards be a little – you know in addition to his offensive confidence which is a hundred times what we saw from him at the end of last year when he was totally broken um, he was a good interior defender uh, and then you've got those two big bodies PJ um, and Reed Travis I think they're going to uh, affect people in the paint as well they're they're certainly not going to get pushed around and so to your point about earlier about the idea that like where can you poke a hole in this team I really I just don't know what it would be yeah you've got multiple ball handlers I mean you got three guys that were five star point guards so you know you've got multiple guys who can initiate offense you've got a bunch of guys who are bought in already defensively who are freshmen then you have some guys that are back trying to prove things that are sophomores and they all look like they'd taken steps forward I think PJ quada and Nick all three look like they had taken major steps forward and then you this plug and play Reed Travis yeah who had his warts down there offensively but he was he was what you hoped he would be in just a dominant force on the glass
0: yeah and i think we're going to talk a ton about that leading up to this basketball season and i want to get into that football discussion because there were some interesting comments made this week by a kentucky player about the quarterback situation um but first i do want to share with everybody this is a new podcast obviously and we are going to be looking for some sponsors some local sponsors here in kentucky if you're listening to this People that come to your business are probably also listening to this as well. Um, We just broke down the fun we think we're going to have this Kentucky season. If you want to be associated with that fun, then email us, and you can get some information on advertising. Contact us, LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. That's LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com, and we'll get some information to you.
1: Reach the Kentucky fan base, the, the most rabid fan base in college basketball. Um. Every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday.
0: We'd love to have you. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Jumping to football. CJ Conrad said that if Terry Wilson is on the field, he will be the fastest player on the field. There was a video earlier this summer where I think he was racing. I never got it 100% confirmed, but I believe it was now scholarship running back, um, Zach Johnson, and like, a, I don't know if it was a 100 yard race or whatever, but he beat him. He's faster than. Dusted him, yeah. Yeah. Is that a good thing if your quarterback's the fastest guy on the field? You would know this because you covered some dude at Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah, I mean, it worked out pretty well for the Vicks and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I covered, I did not, I was not there covering Virginia Tech when Michael Vick was there, but saw him. Uh, he was the fastest guy on the field. Um, Marcus Vick was the fastest guy on the field. Tyrod Taylor, I think, was probably the fastest guy on the the field. Uh, And I've been watching Tyrod now on Hard Knocks with the Cleveland Browns. Um, You know, I think probably RG3 was the fastest guy on the field. Yeah. Um, You know, we've seen instances where that works out really well for teams. Um, You know, if if your quarterback's the fastest guy on the field because everybody else is slow, that's not good. But there are some pretty fast guys on this Kentucky Kentucky team, and so – you know if you saw if you've seen some of the highlights of Terry Wilson in junior college, he's a very elusive runner uh, he's got a big arm um, you know and i I think I don't think CJ Conrad's really going out on him there he He is pretty notedly a blazing fast uh, quarterback. Um, is that and the big arm or are the are the kind of home run threats that I think Terry Wilson poses? Are those enough to um, to overcome what I think Gunnar Hoke is probably more versed in the offense? Yeah. Um, probably is gives them a better chance to be the maybe more reliable game manager um, where you don't worry about the big mistake, but you maybe sacrifice the big play. Um, that's the question I think. And, and Mark Stoops still not ready to name his quarterback. No. Um, Dan Mullen also not willing to name his quarterback down at Florida. I wonder the if the week one, I wonder if they'll
0: have starting quarterbacks by week two when they face off against each other. Will they have defined guys?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, obviously they'll both start somebody in the first game, but you know, what will that look like? Will, will both those guys thrive? Will, will both programs have played multiple guys in the opener? Yeah. Um, You know, I think in an ideal world for Kentucky, even if it's not an actual two-quarterback system, they go out and, you know, pound Central Michigan with whoever they have at quarterback and get the other guy some reps as well. Um, I don't know. But in my mind, I've said this a few times, in my mind, if all things are equal or even kind of close, um, in this quarterback race at Kentucky, you know, I'm I'm going to roll the dice with the guy with the huge arm and who can break a 50 yard touchdown run when things break down, and also who can mitigate some disaster. Maybe not even break a big run, but just use those legs when everything breaks down to avoid, uh, you know, a, a negative play. I think, I think for a team like Kentucky, and also when I just even rewind a little bit to like what was Kentucky at its best offensively the last two years. It was in that not last season, but the season before before Steven Johnson was completely mangled and beaten up in every part of his body when it was hand the ball off to Boom or Benny or chuck it deep and hit a home run. And they were so good at that. Steven Johnson was so good at he wasn't great intermediate. He wasn't going to dink and dunk a team down the field, but you know, once or twice a game, he was going to throw a fifty-yard bomb to somebody and connect on it, and that was valuable. That was a, that turned out to be a really potent combination to have this um, powerful running game, make defenses respect that, and then when they do, get some one-on-one matchups and hit a home run. I I think the only guy on this team who can do that, at least among the guys they trust, and that's down to two, Gunner and, and Terry Wilson. It's Terry Wilson. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I don't think it would factor in hugely, but in theory, if they are running some wildcat offense, Terry Wilson would give more options than Gunnar Hoke if you wanted to get really wild and you know put him in a playmaking role. So we'll see that uh, what that happens going forward. What happens with that going forward? And I mean, I guess shoot, we're only a week from Saturday. We're going to have an actual football game. So yeah, and, and
1: it's uh, it has crept up on us. Yeah, it has this football season. It seems like the summer has flown by, and I think maybe some of that is because there's been a sort of an unusual amount in this once every four year cycle where the basketball team can take an international trip. They've started practice earlier. They've already played four basketball games. Uh, there's been a lot to occupy people uh, in the off season, and and maybe to the to the to the point that it has taken some attention off football, but maybe also some pressure off football. Um, you know, and and I think. Maybe expectations are tempered a little bit. Um, they're not wildly out of control.
0: Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> the SEC network said Kentucky was going to win eight or nine games during the half times,
1: which doesn't sound like a crazy prediction. Except for when you consider that it's been what forty years now, yeah. or 30, 30 plus plus years, me, thirty plus years. I think it was going in last year. It was thirty three years since they had won eight games in the regular season um, and nine games overall. That's a tough ask, especially with this schedule and not knowing who the quarterback is, but I like all the other pieces around them. You've got Benny Snell, you've got we mentioned CJ Conrad, the, you know, all-conference caliber tight end, you've got a veteran offensive line, what nine starters back on defense? Yeah, lots. Uh, you know, they're thin at some spots from some injuries, especially the linebacker spots, but um, you know, if not now, when? If you're yeah. talking about breaking through.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. All right. Coming up next, we want to kind of share how we got here and what we expect from this podcast going forward and how we want to interact with you. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kyle. How did we get to this uh, point in this pod? Where did we come from? How did we get on this network, Kyle? Can you explain to the people?
1: I I will explain to the people. Uh, As many of you know, I've covered Kentucky since 2011. As I mentioned at the top of the show at the Courier-Journal, the state's biggest newspaper, and then uh, a cool new venture, SEC Country, um, started by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Cox Media, uh, which was really fun for a couple years. And now I'm on to a new venture, still writing about Kentucky. Uh, getting inching closer to be able to announce what that is, but it's really exciting, and and I can't wait for that piece of it. Uh, but in the course of of doing um, my two years at SEC Country, we cranked up a daily podcast there, uh, which we called Wildcat Country. Um, Curtis was our host, and uh, our, our our dearly departed Joe Masato, who did he die. No, but he has gone back home. He was my beat partner, and he was our podcast buddy. He's now covering Oklahoma, so he shout is? out to Joe. Wait, Cover, think, covering the Sooners for the Oklahoman.
0: He's still pumping out stories about stoopses.
1: I know there's there's stoopses everywhere all across this great land. <laughs> um, but we really, I I think I speak for both of us, Curtis, and in, in saying that we really had a lot of fun doing that, mm-hmm. five days a week, um, and well, I think we did over a hundred episodes, and and kind of. Built some chemistry. We built up a, a, a really great base of um, loyal listeners. Yeah. Um, there were some times during March Madness where we had many thousands of people listening, and that was really exciting. Um, so I think we both jumped at the opportunity to sort of rekindle this thing, uh, crank it back up, um, and uh, we thank Mr. Locke of the Locked On podcast. Network for reaching out, and um, you know they—it's a really cool network. Uh, He—he was—he's the voice of the Utah Jazz, and and um, started this thing. I don't actually know the full history of it, but it has grown and grown and grown, and to the point that uh, they think they have someone doing a daily podcast on every NBA team, every NFL team, uh, and they have now expanded to colleges. In Kentucky, we are one of the first um, podcasts to launch in the college division of the Lockdown podcast network and, and, and they have a great model um, you know I think it's perfect it's bite-sized we're gonna do three kind of short quick hit segments every single day we're gonna hit the news we're gonna hit um, the entertainment of, of, of you know Kentucky football basketball whatever other sports are on the on the top of your mind I think we're gonna you know try to do some interactive stuff we'll probably do some oh yeah some audio mailbags and let people call in and uh, leave us. Questions, and we'll play them on we'll air. Give a we'll give Kyle's personal phone number. No, we won't Kyle's, do that. Yep. But, uh, you know, I think at some point as we grow this, we're going to do some events out in the public. We'd Ooh. like to get Curtis and I uh, at a bar, get some beers in everybody's belly, some good food, and, and sit down and talk Kentucky sports. That'll be fun. But, uh, you know, I think from my perspective, Curtis, and then I'll let, I'll let you uh, share, but I think we're very much on the same page. I just want this to be a place that every day you can um, load it up. Hopefully you'll subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, where else, Curtis, where else can you
0: find us? Uh, all the other networks all, everywhere on, you find podcasts. Yeah. And if you can't find it on something, let us know and we'll do everything we can to get it up on there. It should be able to be done. It's most of those networks yeah. are kind of upload from iTunes. So. But
1: you know, we, we want to be there. We want to be there every day telling you what is important. Um, if you're a Kentucky fan, a Kentucky Wildcats fan, uh, football, basketball, baseball, gets hot and makes a run, wh- whatever it may be, if it's important to you, we're going to talk about it. And uh, But it's not going to take up two hours of your day or three hours of your day. You can listen to most of this probably on your drive to work or your drive home from work or uh, while you're making your breakfast in the morning. But we'll be there. We'll, I think the goal will be to post this thing every morning. That's the plan. I uh, record it probably every night so it'll be fresh first thing when you wake up and, and I think that's cool. I think people grew to like that about what we were doing before with our previous podcast and we're gonna we're gonna keep that momentum and, uh, and get it rolling even further.
0: So as Kyle said, I'm Curtis Birch. you know my I guess Kentucky media kind <clears> of <throat> life started at the Catsballs as a customer service rep, dabbled in some media stuff while working there was laid off because that happens in all the industries nowadays. They sort of glossed over my layoff at yeah. SEC Country, but the yeah. whole company was. Yeah, so, it so was it's, not, it's not It's It's not. not your fault, Kyle. Huh?
1: Work long enough in this media world, and you'll be laid off.
0: Yeah, so then I caught on at the station here in Lexington WLAP. You know, that's where you hear all the football and basketball games, all the coaches show everything. It's called the Home of the Cats, because that's where the cats are home. And I produce a lot of local shows, Uh, Produced Big Blue Insider from 6 to 8. Sunday Morning Sports Talk from 9 to noon on Sunday mornings. You know, I've guest-hosted a a bunch of shows, including the Leach Report and those kind of things, also on WLAP. So I've been around the block for a while, and uh, Kyle and I were talking about this a while ago. You kind of blink your eyes, and all of a sudden, you're the old man on the beat because this this place kind of turns over, and that's just the industry as a whole. So both of us are super experienced We both kind of, I don't, I can speak for Kyle here, really pride ourselves on being everywhere we can be. You know, Kyle, you heard it in his voice, and it wasn't just jealousy that I got to go to the Bahamas. (laughs) He was jealous that I got to, you know, be closer to the program and get more information because that's what we want to do. We want to get all the information we can and we want to share it with you guys. That's one of the end goals. We also want to have some fun. So, those two things I think are the, the biggest two goals of this whole thing
1: and make some money because yeah. that's how we get to keep doing this. So to I think I, I want to sort of reiterate to people, um, if you're listening, uh, if you think this is going to be a lot of fun, because it is going to be a lot of fun, um, if it appeals to you uh, as a business owner to uh, reach a Kentucky audience every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, um, on a podcast that will be talking about what the fans are interested in uh, in a season – I think a football season where there's hope that it'll be a major breakthrough, a basketball season where there is a lot of hope uh, that a national title, a ninth national title could be coming, um, reach out to us. Uh, what is it? Kentucky at gmail.com. Um, send us an email, Kentucky at gmail.com. If you're interested uh, in being an advertiser with the podcast and if you are just interested in listening every day, subscribe, uh, rate us, Leave a comment. Uh, we'll read some of those comments on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, we want it. We want you guys, the listeners, to be a big part of this show, and I think that's as important as anything to us.
0: All right. So I am Curtis Birch. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch B U R C H, and I'm Kyle Tucker. You can find me for now at Kyle Tucker underscore SEC.
1: That little ending handle may change but but it'll still if
0: you if you follow, follow me or, it'll you'll keep following me even yeah. if it changes so and so as kyle said be sure to subscribe rate review and also well, we ask you to share this with someone who else would enjoy it thanks so much for listening to locked on kentucky you are locked on kentucky available on apple podcasts google podcasts or tell alexa or google to play podcasts locked on don't worry i won't finish you get the idea